This is a Queensland Department of Education podcast. Positive Behaviour for Learning is a framework for enhancing adoption and implementation of a continuum of evidence-based interventions. Implementing this framework will achieve academically and behaviourally important outcomes for all students. In this series of podcasts, we will be showcasing how PBL can bring positive outcomes for schools. Hi, my name is Kelly Warnercott-Wakeham and I am the Principal Advisor for Positive Behaviour for Learning for the Darling Downs Southwest region. In this first podcast, State Manager for PBL, Lorna Hepburn, will join me to discuss the basics of PBL and how implementing this school-wide framework can benefit your school. Hi, Lorna. Hi, Kelly. Today, we're going to look at PBL. I'm sure the first question is, what does the acronym stand for? And where did it originate from? Okay, so first of all, not to be confused with project-based learning, which is another PBL. PBL stands for Positive Behaviour for Learning, and it's a name that we adopted in Queensland in around 2014 for what we used to call SWPBS, or School-Wide Positive Behaviour and Support, also known as PBIS, or Positive Behaviour Intervention and Support in the USA. So lots of different acronyms, but all meaning the same thing. How long has it been embedded in Queensland schools? We piloted the approach in 2005 with uh, roughly 25 schools. Since then, we've had steady annual growth. We now have over 600 schools, which is approximately half of all Queensland state schools. Initially, our focus was on training schools, but now we focus on fidelity of implementation because we know that it's only when PBL is implemented with fidelity that we will get the student outcomes that we want. And if I was a school looking at implementing PBL or putting something in place but not sure if it is truly PBL, what are the first steps I should take? So I think there's two separate scenarios there. The first one is if you're starting out and wanting to implement, the advice I would give you is to talk to your regional principal advisor for PBL. So there's one in every region. They'll be able to give you the information, how to access the training and any preparation tasks that you might need to do. If you're not sure if what you're doing is actually PBL and you want to evaluate, I would take a school culture temperature check. In other words, look at the beliefs about discipline. Are we providing support to students so that the majority of students are responding to our universal supports? In both scenarios, we'd want to begin by either developing or reviewing the seven essential features of PBL. So that's, do we have a good, strong leadership team in place? Is everyone on board, non-teaching and teaching staff? Are we teaching the expectations that we want to see across the school? Then acknowledging students when they demonstrate those expectations. And when we respond to behavioural errors, are we consistent and respectful in the way that we do that? And the final thing that we should look at is whether we're using data to make decisions going forward. And what really are the benefits of PBL? There's decades of research uh, now showing reductions in behavioural incidents, improvements to wellbeing, increased perceptions of safety and improved academic outcomes for students when PBL is implemented. Uh, I'll share a story with you that a principal uh, told me last year. So this was a principal who went into a new school He was the 10th principal in 10 years. 
And he told me that the school was in crisis when he joined. It was unclear whether or not they were implementing PBL. So some staff said they were, some staff said, no, we're not. They had a huge um, annual implementation plan. So lots of goals. They had many different approaches to teaching and learning going on. There was no clear vision. Staff morale was really poor. And there were lots and lots of behavioural issues. He described it as being in survival mode. He came in with a priority of building a positive culture through PBL, collaborating with staff and the community on their vision for behaviour and determining a few priorities, focusing on a culture that promotes learning. They started inquiry cycles for professional learning and really worked hard to embed the universal tier one PBL systems and practices. He also set about improving the physical environment in the school because he said it looked really run down and it was really a, a, not a nice atmosphere to teach in. After one year of working as a whole school on implementing PBL, the school opinion survey data had a jump in the student behaviour as well managed from 58% to 93% of staff agreeing with that statement. Staff are well supported at this school, jumped from 66% to 98%. And 91% of parents and 96% of staff said that this was a good school. Not only that, but behaviour incidents at the school halved, so there were half as many incidents being reported to admin, and there was an increase in literacy outcomes from 67% of students getting a C or above up to 75% of students, and that was over a three-year period. The principal said that the improvements to student engagement the positive relationships between staff and students and staff to staff. The school was so much more calm and the environment in the school, it made it a really positive place to be. And he attributed all of that to working together to implement PBL. That's a really good example of some of the benefits of implementing PBL. And I'm sure you've got many more stories like that as well, Lorna. But what are the common myths about PBL that should be busted? So I've heard a few myths. Uh, one that I've heard quite a lot is schools thinking that PBL is only about behaviour. And that if we don't have a lot of behavioural issues in our school, then we don't need to worry about PBL. Actually, PBL is about school improvement. So we know that when we implement PBL as intended, we will see improvements not only in behaviour, but also in well-being and also in academic outcomes. Another common misconception is that PBL is all about giving tangible rewards to students. In actual fact, it's about teaching the behaviours that we want to see and then acknowledging those behaviours, mainly through verbal feedback. It's true that sometimes in the beginning we may give tangible rewards and we may set up a school-wide reinforcement system, but over time, we want to give that verbal acknowledgement because we know that that's the way that we get behavioural change. Another myth that I sometimes hear is that PBL is all about compliance and just about submitting data to region. In actual fact, the data belongs to the school and they use it to identify actions and solve problems. 
And we do ask schools to submit a small number of data sets, but that's only to confirm that they're implementing as intended because we want schools to get the outcomes from PBL that they should be getting. A final myth is that PBL doesn't work in high schools. It absolutely does, but schools need to adapt it for their context and also need to involve students when it's a high school situation. Thank you so much for your time today, Lorna. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. You have been listening to a Queensland Department of Education podcast. The Department of Education acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands from across Queensland. We pay our respects to the elders past and present as they hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples.